I'm Dr. Scott Lyons, and you're watching or listening to The Gently Used Human. There's no question that astrology is having a moment when even the non-believers among us will openly blame Mercury for their technology troubles or Saturn for that turbulence in their late 20s. But what is it about understanding ourselves through the stars that's so compelling? What if astrology isn't just about predicting our future, but is actually a way to feel happier in our daily lives? Our guest today, the delightful astrologer and psychotherapist Deborah Silverman, can help us answer these questions. Deborah, author of The Missing Element and host of the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast, offers more than just astrological insights. She invites us to consider astrology as a tool for self-awareness, playfulness, and a path to healing. Let's get this party started. Deborah Silverman, welcome to the Gently Used Human. It is such a amazing adventure to have you on the show. I'm so excited. I think you are just a blast of cosmic goodness and fun and play. And I'm so excited to introduce you to all my listeners. Okay. Thank you so much for introducing me to all your listeners. <laughs> My pleasure. Now, you have a really unique background. Now, there's a lot of amazing astrologers out there, but you have this unique background of like dance therapy and psychology and counseling and astrology. And I am so curious, like how are these commingling with each other through your life, through your practice? So first, no one knows this, but Carl Jung was an astrologer, a very accomplished astrologer, and he was quoted to say, psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology, because he knew the shortcut to psychology. He Every session he did, he had a chart in front of him, which is what I do, did, and teach everyone to do. So there's no way to do therapy without understanding someone's character and shortcutting all of the drama of people telling you what's wrong with them and how they don't like who they are and how they wish it was. No, no, here's the chart. Excuse me. Let me just honor what is, and then we'll go from there. So if someone comes in, they say to me, you know, I really am so shy and I don't really feel comfortable in my skin. And I'm like, of course you are. You've got all this water in your Taurus and you're self-conscious and why would it be any different? And then they go, really? Like that's part of the plan, Stan? So it reduces the constant inner dialogue of judgments into celebratory exchange of, yeah, that's how God made you. She was having a good day and she was exactly designing a character with the karma that you got, said the star lady. <laughs> said the star lady. That's so interesting because, I mean, I certainly studied Jungian psychology in, in grad school. And for those of you who are not familiar, that old dude Freud that most of us know is in the Freudian slip, the oral obsessions, all that good stuff. His protege. Do you love your mother? <laughs> do you love your mother? Maybe a little too much. <laughs> His protege was Carl Jung. And that's a referring to. And, and Carl Jung is a prolific writer and brought in archetypes. So if those of you who are familiar with archetypes and even how like the archetypes exist in astrology. Carl Jung was one to bring in collective consciousness and archetypes and, wow, and astrology. So now it's well known. It's gone public in his organization in Switzerland. It was a secret because astrology has been judged harshly and been left as a parlor trick. Like, 
oh, you use that in the back of the newspapers and the magazines. So it took a long time before astrology became acknowledged as a resource psychologically. And the word archetype is directly from astrology. The mothership is astrology. Psychology is a benefit of that. It's a derivative. It came out of that. So I'm writing a book right now all about this, that the original source of the human condition was brought to us by a matrix, which is above my head, that is a very simple way to give compassion to the human condition, to understand these quirky personalities that none of us have that's listening to this. None of you have egos. None of you have weird personalities. But the, for the other people that do, they love astrology. That's everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you mean by matrix? Well, if you think about a matrix or you think about a system, a scientific system, you can start with astronomy as a matrix. There is a organized, consistent system that you're seeing above my head that is absolutely constant. It will be the north constant is the northern star. It will be there for the rest of our existence and beyond. Everything else will fade and change, but not the stars. So the matrix holds together a system that when you can be informed by it, you can translate the cryptic hieroglyphics, which is what I specialize in. Suddenly it turns into English and now you're connected to the cosmos. You're connected to that matrix and now you can stop judging yourself or the humans or all the stupid stories. I call them stupid stories. All the stupid stories that you have are put in place exactly for the reason to create compassion. That's the point of being here. That's why the human condition exists. We learn by mistakes. <laughs> Who made that up? We learn by getting it wrong over and over again. Then we go, oh, I maybe I should go to a therapist. I keep getting it wrong over and over again. And then the therapist, if they're wise, from my point of view, says, looks at the chart and goes, well, yeah, that specific topic is your karma. So why are we surprised? You keep repeating yourself. And once you realize you can untie the karma, you can make the serve, astrology then serves you rather than being a victim to it. So take me through the steps of it. So someone comes in and they're like, I keep dating the worst toxic people. Help me out, Deb. Like what is going on in my psyche, in my being that just keeps attracting these folks? So first of all, human nature, when we get close to anyone, you or I or anyone is going to elicit the wound. So that's psychology 101. You're impacted with a wound that was put in place by your childhood. That's your inner child going, help, help. And it will create dynamics to be reminded of that pain body so you can do the healing. So that's just the universal human condition. I mean, we come down here and learn through toxic relationships. If it keeps repeating, that's a different conversation. If the lessons are not learned, if you don't know how to be alone, if you don't know how to be self-sufficient, if you don't know how to stay on your side of the street and not shapeshift, if you're a Libra or a Pisces and you find yourself becoming other people to make yourself acceptable, or if you're a Gemini or an Aquarian and you just talk to the weirdest, most random people because you're just interested and doesn't even occur to you to find out what their storyline is, but they were just sexy and cute, you're in problem. This is all personality dynamics that have to be... The, my life's work is turning on the observer. So. I can't answer why is human nature such an impactful, toxic situation for all of us. We all bump into our wounds. It's such a funny thing. And they don't give you instructions. So I can't say, I can certainly look at a chart and identify this personality type is a nitpicking Virgo who's going to criticize the shit out of you and you're never going to get it right. Or this person's a Scorpio and they aren't going to talk to you and they're going to keep secrets. And they may even have a sexual deviance that you didn't know about. These are the low roads. 
or this little Aries has a bad temper. And when you get to that point in your relationship, they're going to come at you. So these are factors that are real and they turn toxic. And I guess the real question is why is human nature so bottom heavy? Why do we sink to the lowest common denominator rather than turn our observer on and take the high road? It's a very good question. Deb, what the hell is human nature? It's a program that's put in place into your hard drive and you can't get rid of it. Ha ha. Mm, good answer. Good answer. It's just the truth. We have a hard drive. Yeah, we have a hard drive. And the programming, I mean, I really hear you saying like the programming we might have thought of as just like genetics. But I hear you bringing in all of these other elements of like our hard drive is filled with programming from not just genetics, but all of these other things like fill in the blank, Deb. Like karma. Like let's start with karma. Karma is a word that no one knows what it means. It's a simple thing. We say what goes out comes back. That's our short answer. What goes out comes back. Well, that's true. That is a simple version. But how does it show up in personality? If you're someone who is a mess and you never take care of practicality, in your next lifetime, you're going to come in having to deal with details and getting really frustrated because you hate them until you figure out the karma is, oh, I'm learning how to celebrate the details and the practicality of this life without complaining. Woohoo! All you earth signs, when they stop complaining. So what is the operating system? It's a built-in complaining machine. <laughs> it's everyone's psyche says things like, I don't like who I am, and I don't like my mom, and I definitely don't like the way my sister behaves. And by the way, her husband is a creep. Like all those judgmental dynamics that occur in everyone. I think you speak to this. The drama that the human brain slides into the amygdala, like we go right down to the low level. Now the question said, the astrologers, can you step it up? Can you come up here with me? Can you look up? Because there is another point of view brought to you by this question. Why are we alive? What is the function of the human on this earth? Oh, that's right. Evolution was our promise. We would evolve through the drama and the trauma to see if we could take up the notch, the human condition. And by the way, we're doing it. You're doing it. You've stopped the drama, I hope. I mean, today, this morning so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that actually as this idea of like, why are we here? And it's just like one simple sense of purpose is like to be in the flow of evolution or to be in our Think own about personal it. flow of evolution. Yeah. I am thinking about it. Both are the same. There's, o there's only one of us here. And if you were willing, here comes the sun. I'm in Hawaii. The sun's rising. If you were here to trust the sun rising every single day with the awareness, there's a culture on this planet that are called the Kojis. And they believe that they're responsible to get up every day before the sun rises and help it up. And they're there every night to help it down. They, in their cultural belief system, they are the ones responsible well, what if we all assumed that the human condition was our job to evolve it, to raise it up to a higher frequency with the hope that our children and our children's children get a new rendition, they get a new operating system because we kept on polishing like the appendix decided to stop working because it wasn't useful. Well, pretty soon our stupid unconscious mind that does mean things to everybody is going to get dated and go, beep, I made that up. I love that. You made up the beep sound yourself? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, the way you, you speak about that, there's more hope than I think most people are feeling right now in the world. Well, the sun is definitely coming up. Where are you feeling that hope from? It was the question you asked before we started this podcast. I spend every single day 
embodied, which makes it very exciting. Like I can't wait to jump into the ocean and I can't wait to go for a bike ride and I can't wait to make love and I can't wait to go eat organic food and I can't wait to go listen to a beautiful conversation on a podcast. I get so excited and that's changing my operating system, but it's a practice because I am a depressed personality. <laughs> you can't tell really? by looking. Yes. I've suffered from depression so much because I care so much. It's hurt me being alive. This planet has really, I've had to practice joy. It's not natural. It's becoming natural. Let's start there. But it wasn't natural in my Jewish oi family. Oi, oi. That's what I heard my whole childhood. Oi, you won't believe what happened. Can you tell me a little bit more about your history with depression? I didn't know it until I obviously have a master's in clinical psychology and I have done training, but I didn't realize the full extent until my kids started displaying it. And I saw, wow, many of us know this. It's a feeling of slug, lethargy, sadness, and a feeling of pessimism. And I lived with that for much and much of my, and I didn't tell people because that's very unpopular when I grew up because I'm a lot older than I look in the 60s. Since I grew up, I was born in the 50s and the expectation of being normal was a big deal. So this depression was a really bad word then. It was not safe to tell people you were depressed. And it was You're embarrassing to tell way. anybody you were doing you were doing therapy. I know that's what I'm trying to say. Look at the evolution. Look at our evolution. Depression is natural. We cannot, we, there's no way what's going on in the Middle East shouldn't be affecting us. What's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in Somalia, what's going on in Afghanistan. We should be sad. If we were family and you knew one of your family members was really suffering and that there was incredible despair. And so that echo in my own psyche of pain, of sadness, of existential. And then eventually I realized, Deborah, this is not helping. <laughs> you have to go get medicine. And my medicine has been embodiment. I want to take a moment to give a loud shout out to the Embody Lab, which is uh, one of the most incredible resources for body-based and somatic therapies. This show is all about healing and the Embody Lab does exactly that. Whether you're on your own journey of transformation and discovery or enhancing your skill sets in your career as like a coach or a therapist, a body worker, or really any career where you are supporting other gently used humans, the Embody Lab is your place for deep, inspiring and impactful workshops, certificates, masterclasses, and an incredible community of like-minded folks. I love the Embody Lab, and so do so many other people that call it a platform to come home to over and over again. The Embody Lab is giving my listeners an exclusive offer, a one-time 10% off code to enhance your embodied well-being. All you have to do is go to theembodylab.com and use the code GENTLYUSE10 at checkout. So I want to step back before we get into what is embodiment, which is I hear you talking about like you didn't recognize the depression until you saw it mirrored in your own kids. And then you could maybe, it sounds like you could see it more in yourself through their symptoms, the way that they were existing in the world with it. And I think I find that so interesting about depression because one of the things that we don't often think about necessarily with depression is it can be the absence of flow. Like there were studies that came out years ago that that depression 
had the highest levels of inflammation, stagnation. And so there was a lack of actual fluid movement in the body. And if we think about that in emotions, there's a lack of emotion, lack of motion. And it's all synchronized like that and connected. And one of the things is when we are not, we can't know what we don't feel. And so like, I, I really, I wonder if that for you, I mean, and I've certainly had my strong bouts of, of depression in which you get so far in the, the stagnation, the frozenness, the, the muck of it, that it, it almost like there's a point in which you forget that there's anything else. And then you forget that this isn't all there is. And it, certainly if you grew up in, and I know that, that ecosystem that you're referring to with the oi, the sort of like the drama, that everything's kind of like, ooh, it's always something. It's always something. And when it's always something, it's hard to pause, to feel safe enough, to absorb and receive and be in joy or anything else besides the heaviness of the muck. So true. So you said you shifted from, you recognized it in your kids, and then you said, I got to get this medicine, and the medicine you chose to move forward with was embodiment. What was that like, or what is that for you? It's will. You First of all, depression doesn't let you exercise. That's one of the first clues. I always say exorcism and exercise are directly related. You exercise, you get rid of the gremlins. So I did a session for Madonna many years ago on September 11th. Don't ask me why I remember that. And she said to me that she is a Leo. And she said to me, I am a depressed personality without working out. And I was like, oh, I think I am. And that's when I realized, because she was also a dancer. We were both at University of Michigan. It's so interesting that dancing, singing, moving, exercise, physicality, athletics, all of that changes your, to your point, the inflammation, the energetic, the moving. But if I let depression tell me what to do every day, especially when you're alone, that's when depression comes in and starts to say mean things. And I have really learned, I mean, it's a gift headed towards 70. It's a real gift to identify the human condition is the source of my depression. It's no longer, do I love my mother or what happened in my childhood? Or that's still relevant in the name of healing. And I did that work. I hope I did that work. And now, it's a conscious decision for me to say to life on a daily basis, I'm in love with you. Here comes the sun. I will deliberately choose today to eat well, to exercise, to take my supplements, to look for the positive, like all the Oprah stuff, like make the list of gratitude. I will deliberately, it's a muscle and I am very disciplined. One of the gifts that I've been given in my chart is a very strong Saturn. So I can see in my chart what is discipline? I call it discipleship. It's like if I was alive during the Christ time or a teacher of any sort, and I was madly in love with the example of the teacher because they were such radiant evolutionary, I would want to be like them. Then I would practice what they asked me to do. So a, dis a disciple or a disciplined person responds to the instructions that come from home office. And for me, they say, Deborah, I heard this. You have depression as a real issue. You've got to keep moving, to your point, motion. And that changed my life. And we both have that modality in, in common of like, we're both dance therapists too, a movement dance therapist of, of bringing in movement through space or even micro movement into the therapeutic setting, which 
for a lot of therapists, that's terrifying. <laughs> and I think to I know we've talked about it before to you and I, it's like, how could you not? How could you not? Like, we all know what it's like to, or many of us know what it's like to like, turn on a song in your kitchen and just feel the flow of the music and be taken over by it. And just like, sometimes even weep just in the momentous movement of it. Or yeah, how, how, do you, how have you brought it in, into your practice, into your life? Well, exactly that. I would say in my practice, I, my book is called The Missing Element. And the subtitle is Compassion for the Human Condition. So in my book, I talk about, you take a little test on page 44 and you find out which element are you missing? Because without water, to your point, the emotional sensitivity, ability to cry, that's real. I cry since October 7th, I've cried every single day. I allow myself, I used to try to hold it back. Now I make myself say, Deborah, it's okay. You can let the pain body out. That's water. I meditate. I deliberately, if it's only for five minutes, if I'm lucky, it's 20 minutes. And I say to spirit, I am all yours. That's water. That's the right use of this stupid depression element. Water is the source of depression. It's nonverbal. It's what you called, you talked about it being boring. Like you go, you're away from drama and suddenly you're like, this is all there is. Water people know how to sit in stillness without misinterpreting it as nothing. And they really value the quiet. And they value their tears and they value the dog and the cat they can pet because it makes them so calm. And they value the soft music and the spa music and the incense and the candles. And that water element is, I had to learn it. It wasn't natural. That's why I was depressed. I didn't know how to use my emotional body. Error is the element of communicating. And if I, I have a best friend of 30 some years who I talk to her poor husband, I talk to almost every day, at least five days a week. If I don't have that communication device operative, if you're not talking out loud to someone that you think cares about you or writing or teaching or studying or reading those research, the mind must be kept perky in the name of innocence. Like my mind is so curious. I love that you're working with the neurology and the brain and the, how does the amygdala work? And what, that, So the mind must be kept open or depression will come in. If you're not asking questions and asking for help, that's error. And people that are error are flighty, they're indecisive, they're all over the place, they can't focus. And that's a symptom of not knowing how to use this element. The third element is earth. These are the people that work so hard and they're so fin- like details and finicky and captured by should. And that element will diminish. That will definitely support depression. I didn't do it well enough. I'm not making enough money. I work so hard and I never get paid properly. I'm always the one taking doing the dishes. I'm so, they complain. And the high road of earth is, is to say, oh, I love organizing. I love when things are sacred and clean. I love taking care of my kids and doing the dishes. You got to lie for a little bit for some of us. Yeah, I was like, I'm not no earth. <laughs> I know, I know. But some people come naturally and I had, like you, I had to learn it. And then the last one is your, what you just spoke to. If you're not dancing to the music, if you're not having a party, if you're not having an orgasm, if you're not jumping on something up and down and getting super excited, your depression and diminishing your energy will occur. So in my book, I simply ask people, which of those four elements are you missing? Because you were usually missing one. And then the next question is, can you turn on your observer without judgment and look over at your personality, look up at your crazy story your, and ask the question, this is my favorite question, what was God thinking when she made you? Like, what was the point of this exercise? What was she trying to do 
in the name of your karma and your drama and your toxic people? What was the lesson that was put in place? And that's, as a therapist, that's all I work with is asking that question. What was God thinking when she made you? Scott, she was, God was like, let's, let's have, no. <laughs> oopsies. No, 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 no. <laughs> when they made Scott, they were like, we could get a really strong intellect who would love to research and write and share and talk and communicate. And he would help a lot of people. Okay, let's go give him enough trauma drama. So he's got something to write about. Yeah. They poured that one strong. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I love that. It, and it's a really helpful model to look at, like, here are these, again, these qualities of our nature and what is present in us, what is missing. It's the qualities of nature itself. Yeah. By the way, water, air, earth, and fire, you couldn't live without any of them. Yes. Excuse me, I interrupted. No, it's totally fine. Interrupt the hell out of me. I'm into it. So, and then let's go back to dance for a moment. So, how, I mean, because we know there are different... I'm thinking about like when you talked about the missing element, but I think about how movement and dance has become a missing element from a lot of cultures, at least my culture. Like there was traditional dances in a lot of cultures or the like celebrations. And I feel like that's been, you know, except for TikTok dancing, which maybe is the reinvention of cultural dance. I don't know. I'm open to that idea. But like for a long period of time, movement and dance was taken out. Like I didn't have that in, in school. And I just think about how in so many cultures outside of especially the U.S. We get stuck in our head. It's not, it's only true in North America. It's not true in Europe. There's so much, and it's not true in, in indigenous cultures or yeah, we got stuck in our head. We There's a great image from the Hopi prophecy where they show the human condition, a, a circle for the head, and then disconnected from the head is a stick figure. That's the new modern day society. He, they drew that picture to show us as compared to when we were connected and we had a feather in our hat connecting us to the heavens and we had a stick in our hand connecting us to earth. We're no longer connected to the heavens or to the earth and we have no connection between our head and our body. That was a profound visual of what modern day society was was cultivating. And in order for us to heal, we have to come back in our bodies. And to me, that's so exciting because like you, I live in Hawaii where I studied hula for years. Like the quality of dancing with your body and your hips and listening to music that soothes the nervous system as you move through water, air, earth, and fire. Like what an amazing access in this culture where I live to return us to those essential parts of ourselves. So our society just got stuck in TikTok. Like we, this is what we do all day. There's a joke that when they when you get to heaven, there's this joke that everybody's waiting in line to get through the pearly gates. And then God says to the guy at the gate, why is everybody standing there like this? With a phone pointed at them. But there's no phone. They're just standing there with their but hand like no this. Phone. They're, they're just their hand. <laughs> Good question. Why are we all standing there like this? Yeah. Waiting, watching. Because we don't know what to do with our head. To your point, we don't know how to dance and sing and play and put the phone down and take out all this 5G and return to the earth and the touching of the the soul-to-soul physical yum-yum factor, I call it. Where did it go? I don't know. Where is it? And how do we get it back? It's a decision. It's a conscious decision on everyone listening to this. You have to ask yourself, when's the last time I cried? Who's my best friend? Do I have a friend I can really talk to? If it could be a therapist, I got to pay him. It's okay. 
What do I do with my food? How, how conscientious am I about the earth element and how I treat my money, my body? Like really ask yourself. And then am I having fun? And if you're not, take one of those elements and put it back in. And yours, that fire one is what you keep talking about. When are we going to dance and sing in the middle of a podcast? <laughs> it is the question I ask every day before the podcast. At what point are we going to stop and sing and dance? It's so funny because I have a friend staying with me and he sings and dances in the middle of everything. He's always singing. And what is he singing? I love it so much. He just, he's spontaneous. He's a double Gemini. He can make a song out of anything, anywhere. I just did a cartwheel yesterday with, he's like a 12 year old in a grown up's body and he's living here. How fun. You have no idea. And that's when I realized how to get rid of depression. Is it contagious? Totally contagious. What are you going to do? He tells you to do a cartwheel. He's got the video on and go look at my Instagram. You'll see he's the funniest toy store. Yeah. He's a toy store. And he's changed my life because he's an embodiment of fire and I had to have help. That's what I'm saying to your audience. If you don't know how to cry, go hang out with someone who's really good at it. If you don't know how to talk, if you have a hard time finding words, hang around Scott. If you have a hard time getting shit done, go find an earth person, hire them. And if you're not having fun, you can borrow my friend. (laughs) By the hour or how does that work? No, great, great, perfect. I want to do cartwheels on the beach with you. You would really like him. He is definitely a character. His name is Ash Ruiz. He was a singer on Menudo. For many, many years, he traveled the world singing as the main singer on Menudo. And then he became a healer. And I really do. He has changed my life. It is funny that when I first met him, I spent the first two hours crying my head off. He makes it safe because he's so embodied. To your point, the embodied therapist. So present. Yes. And the people that you're watching podcasts with, you know, when you finish a podcast, if you feel more alive, if you feel more alive, then you were just in the middle of a real live experience. If you're in your head again, that means there's a lot of air in the circle. And after a certain while, airheads, not a lot gets done. They talk all day. They talk about nothing. <laughs> But those who are present and embodied are actioners. Is that what you would say? Bingo. Yes. They're doing all four elements. The name of the game is there's, it's like four wheels on a car. If one of those elements is down, the whole thing goes off. So our job every day is to ask myself, first of all, I have these free videos every day on my Instagram that tell you where the moon is. So I always pay attention in the morning to where is the moon today. And then I organize my day around it. Kind of simple. There's cosmic influences. Does the video just start with you pointing at the sky or? Have you seen any of them? I have not seen those. I've seen other stuff on your Instagram. I don't know why I haven't seen those. Every single day, there's a video of me pointing at the sky. I literally point at the sky and (laughs) yeah. And guess what? As we speak right now, oh my God, wait, what did I just see? That was like a magical thing. That doesn't even make any sense. Okay. As we speak right in this minute, guess what? The sun and the moon are both in fire at zero degrees. That's hysterical. We are at the, we are in the, right now, today is a day, and you can look it up every day. I'm just giving you the day of our podcast. It's how to get excited. How to get excited. That is a good theme. I think that's the title of the episode, how to get excited. Clearly, the answer is hiring your friend. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, duh. Cartwheels galore. 
This show is also brought to you by the absolutely stunning and powerful tools for transformation that are created by Omala. Oof, even the name Omala transports you to a place of flow and vitality. These are some of my favorite products ever, like an amazing color-changing yoga mat that responds to your temperature and presence and reflects back your posture in real time. They have this incredible smelling skin balm candle that heats up to activate all the essential oils and vitamins that your skin has been craving for. I mean, look, if I could live in a giant bath of this candle, I would 100% do it. They also have these journals that lead you into a profound insight, and then you can plant those journals to create a stunning flower garden. I mean, damn, if that's not both deep and inventive, I don't know what is. If you're someone who desires to live in a luxurious flow of life and who believes in transformative wellness, then you have to check out Omala. Omala is giving my listeners an exclusive discount to treat yourself to something that is as special as you, boo. All you have to do is go to omala.com, that's O-M-A-L-A.com. Use the discount code DRSCOTT10 at checkout. And a portion of every purchase goes to an incredible charity. You got this. Now, do you think you can be both depressed and embodied at the same time? Is that possible or is, is one the antidote? Listen, I don't think anyone isn't depressed. You cannot be on this planet. What is depression but pushing down? Think of the word depress. The opposite of depression is letting it go out, is releasing. The opposite of depression is an exuberant, externalized human. But there's no human in my, well, I don't know, at least in my experience, my depression, it would take me three minutes to watch one video about anything to do with children being hurt and I will be depressed. So does it go away? I hope not. I hope I'm always authentic enough and real enough that the human condition affects me. On the other hand, do I know how to, I I made this word up. Do I know how to medicinalize that to turn it into a gift of compassion? Yes. But I don't think you can ever really get, I mean, you tell me, can you get rid of depression completely? I'm a believer in that. I mean, I would say like, This is where it gets interesting, where we start to have like sniffs of sensation of like deep sadness. And and it's interesting of like, do we label it as depression or is this like, or is this sadness? Like, and the question is essentially, is the feeling heavy and strong, but moving or is it heavy and strong, but stagnant? Good question. And sometimes we jump to a label like, and sometimes it can be, I mean, I'm not saying this for you at all, but like hanging out with a teenager, they're like, oh, I'm so depressed. And I'm like, what are you depressed about? They're like, oh, I didn't get the snack I wanted. And I'm like, are you disappointed or are you depressed? Are you a little dramatic with your language? You know, like, but on, on any scale, it's like one of the things I've really learned to do is do a check-in. Like when I say I'm feeling something and I'm like, ooh, is that the label I'm just familiar with or is that the best fit of the sensation into the expression of that? So, I I mean, that's a long-winded answer. No, that's a really good point. With that thought, I'm a sensitive, so I don't even know if I'm still depressed as I was. In the past, I didn't know what it was. 
I just felt melancholy. Now, I would say maybe it's true, this is a revelation in the middle of a podcast, that maybe the depression is gone in exchange for consciously celebrating the range of feelings that I can have without coloring them good or bad. Like what's wrong with being, I don't know if depressed is even the right word. What's wrong with being sensitive? On my mother's deathbed, this is such a crazy story. My cousin was in the room. I'm so thankful. She said to me, the last conversation I had with her, she said, I apologize for your whole life telling you you were too sensitive. I was like, well, this is a really unbelievable sentence. And my cousin was there. I said, do you hear what she just said? Because my sensitivity, while it can lend itself to your point to depression, it could also be it's lending itself to compassion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a revelation. And I I would say that now, especially seeing it in my kid and my other kid, that they care so much and that life is so disappointing sometimes and it's so discouraging by its reflection of war. And you begin to think, are we just a very slow species that learns through mistakes only? Is that how it goes down here? Now that I know it's true, because I think you're saying, yes, we do learn by mistakes, then why do I judge the mistakes? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see, I think, the growth and the learning as you're still in the process of moving through the feelings or the experience or the disappointment or the frustration. I think that was the default issue with positive psychology. It went too quickly into, and what are you learning from this? What's your growth opportunity here? As opposed to like, whoa, yeah, there's a lot of embarrassment. And what's it like to be present with the embarrassment? And then maybe a couple of weeks later to be like, and what did you, you know, if there was a lesson or something to be learned out of that experience, what might it be? It's a very different process to like uh, kind of jump on the learning too quickly, I think. It reminds me of on September 11th. I vividly remember this. I was teaching a class. It was early in the morning. It was the day that the, we had just actually heard the news. And a student came into the room. She had all the Sagittarius in her chart. And we said, oh, did you hear what happened? And she immediately went to, oh, it's transformation. We're in tra I was like, okay, do not talk anymore. This is not the right time for that conversation. You just really didn't read the room. And by the way, give us a few minutes with our pain body before you take us to the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of bypassing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, and bypassing is a form of suppression, repression into depression. I mean, it is literally the forced stagnation of your feelings and trying to perform something else simultaneously. That's such a wise, yeah. So for any of you in this room who are wondering, are you depressed or do you suffer from the human condition? Yes, you do. Are you allowed to celebrate that? Not quite yet. Let yourself feel the pain. Any good therapist, which you and I are both, feel the pain body first, indulge yourself, and then, important message, know when to stop. Because those people that are water signs, Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio, they don't stop. They just live there. And the air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, they detach and bypass and they'd never go there. Yeah. I remember, oh gosh, in my late twenties, I was, I was navigating my first big breakup and I was not faring well and doing well by any stretch of the imaginations. And, and I would say I entered into a deep depression, could not get off the couch, could not function, could not work. And it just kept getting worse. And I had this therapist and we worked for many weeks, many months, 
And I just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. I'm like sharing this, like what my ex was doing now and what they said and da, 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 da. And one of the things she said that I remember, and I never had anyone ask me this, and it was the right timing in the right place. And she just said, if this life experience was like school and there was something, a lesson to be learned, something to get out of it, just hypothetically, what do you imagine that might be? And it was the first thing that finally got me out of the cycle of like just weaving myself over and over again into the material that brought me deeper into the depression. And it was like the learning of something that, or the post-traumatic growth of something and like inquiring about it, getting curious with it, investigating it. There is a definite right time, right place, and it will make such an impact. It's so true. That's profound. And it takes, if you're listening to this podcast this long, it's because you've got a student in you. And if you've got a student in you, it means that you have an appetite to ask that question. And that is the even depression. Like, what is depression's function? How does it serve us? Why is it some certain personality types of the astrologer are prone to depression? It comes with the chart. And that would be when an Aries, Leo, or Sag does not move energy through their body, they gain weight and they're depressed. That's just how it goes. When an earth sign, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, when you don't feel like you're productive, that's depressing. So knowing these are specific patterns of the human operating system put in place by this matrix, why not study it and have a curious mind that will help alleviate the broken record? What happens when a, a water sign doesn't do that, doesn't uh, move things through? What We talked about that earlier. They are prone to indulging and staying in their sadness way too long. I can neither confirm nor deny that that's me <laughs> as a water sign, as a triple water sign. <laughs> yeah, it's a indulgence. They indulge themselves and they can't get out because it's home base. It's so familiar. It's almost com more comfortable to be sad than to be happy if you're a water sign. Mm. And especially if we grew up in an ecosystem that that was safer to feel or that was more modeled or familiar. Like if oi was the common word of like, ooh. And then joy is not really modeled as like a, a something to also have in the human condition. It's true. And so that's why having friends like my friend, Ash Ruiz, or having songs to sing or people to hang with or going out with friends, that's the opposite of depression. What can I do to generate life force? For me, it's just nature. I have an upset. I mean, I, I'm looking out at this unbelievable view. I'm so in love with mom that mom, that it reduces my sadness. It reduces my depression. That's one of the biggest medicines I can tell you. Mother nature, if you want to know how to get out of depression in a practical, consistent basis, get outside because the trees are not depressed. They're growing and they're growing and they're growing and those mountains are not getting stagnant. They may look steady, Eddie, but they're constantly in a dynamic energetic. I love them so much. I love you so much. No, oh, I know you're talking to the tree, but I love you too. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, like, I just want to reinforce that idea of like, get out in nature. It's, there's something about that's so, I mean, like nature is in constant flux, as you're saying, it's in constant movement. The seasons are changing. The trees are growing. The leaves are falling. They're sprouting new flowers. And it's the opposite of where we are in depression. So if we can't be in our own movement because we're in our own stagnation, 
in our own depression, lean into, connect back into the movement of nature. That is so, you got your, I have my orchids right here. We got an orchid party. There's no way I could live this life without flowers. You guys, it's really important to remember that you chose to be here. You were not pushed on the bus. This was a volunteer position. And once you have that in your full awareness, then you take responsibility to figure out what to do to get the energy back. Yeah. I just remembered back maybe 10 years ago, there was a whole eco-psychology movement. I don't think it's as popular as it was back then. They started making PhD programs specifically in existential environmental psychology, which makes sense. A little bit of crisis. How are you going to deal with that crisis? That's maybe inevitable. You know, one of the things I was familiar with in those programs is they really talked about how in as we've isolated ourselves as humans, like separated from nature, we forgot that we are nature. Like fundamentally, we're not different than a tree or a giraffe. Like we are also of nature. And when we have been fragmented from ourselves, the greater self of nature, that that is when the root causes of depression is fragmentation. I'm part of the giraffe club. I stick my neck out. You're part of the giraffe club. I've been saying that for years. Why can't we all just stick our neck out, take a risk, do the weird thing, do cartwheels, jump up and down, giggle, cry. That's the exercise of this embodiment conversation. What will it take to keep you back in your kid? Where did she go? Where did he go? How do you recover it? And do whatever you can because the planet's counting on you to be your authentic self, which means embodied, alive, juicy, angry, sad. I don't care. Just don't turn it down because that's pushing down energy and that's depressing. Yeah, literally. I think we did it. I think we did it. What do you think? We did it. This is the medicine. My love, Deb, you are amazing. Thank you for your stories. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for all the work that you are doing in the world. Where can all these gently used humans find you? So cute that you're a cancer and it's gently used because that's so gentle of you, cancer. You can find me. It's just three words, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok. Yeah, you can't, there's no lack of Deborah Silverman videos. And then there's these really, have you seen the really funny videos that I did? There's like 8 million views. You just put in the little window of YouTube, Deborah Silverman Cancer, and a five minute video comes up that is going to crack you up where I take on the character and I embody it. I think I have seen, I maybe have seen one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rings a bell. They're very funny. But I'm going to go rewatch them as should all of you. Thank you, Deb. And thank you for all of you who listened and hung out with Deb and I today. And Scott, Scott, I want you to come take my school. Twice a year, the school opens in September and January. And Oh, tell us about your school. Yeah, it starts in the cart opens at the entrance of January. It's a six-week class once a week online, 10 people in a room studying your chart. So you take your chart for six weeks and you go deep psychologically into how do you operate? And so if you don't know this language at all and you're a brand new beginner, you would be so good, Scott, because you learn this whole conversation about how do I activate my authentic self? Well, the chart is a lie detector test. Oh, I love that. That's so unique. I ooh, All right. I'll see you there. Okay. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to make sure that happens. It only happens twice a year and it's coming around the corner. It will be here. 
oh, it's coming around the corner and it's here. You will learn all about yourself and think that you're really funny because I'm singing songs and being spontaneous again. Voila! <laughs> thank you, Deb. Okay, thank you, Scott, for all that you do. Thank you, love. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Gently Used Human podcast with Dr. Scott Lyons and friends. Visit GentlyUse.com for fun extras, including submitting your questions for advice from a Midwestern mom. And don't forget to spill the tea and gossip about the show with all your friends and frenemies. And show some love by giving us five stars and leaving a review in your favorite apps. This helps us connect with all the other gently used humans out there. Oh, and by the way, you look fierce today. <laughs> <laughs>